Blog Talk Radio. of an empire and you rely on the slavery of your people to keep you rich and powerful but you see your people waking up and starting to show dissent what would you do if you wanted to stay in power you would sure hope that they forget about it you would want to distract them or even better turn them against each other so that they forget about their original cause the mainstream media which we all know is in the business of maintaining the status quo is doing a great job at doing just that. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio. Politicians who are characterized more and more by legalized bribery and normalized corruption vis-a-vis that big money. By a corporate media that ensures that it's a culture of superficial spectacle but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? This is The Alpha Show. Advanced. Progressive Urban Political Talk Radio on TruthWorks Network. There is but one rule. Hunt or be hunted. But one thing you can't deny. These people are sabotaging this economy. And people are sabotaging this country. This is awful. Hosting the best of pushback talk radio. And now, the man who's got their number. Alpha. Well, good evening. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show. Here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Ah, our Friday evening here in the Windy City. And um, with great anticipation, all of the sports fans are awaiting the final straw of the national football season. And that's the Super Bowl that's headed our way Sunday. I believe it starts around 
it starts around 9 a.m., all of the coverage. Well, all the coverage has been going on for two weeks now. But um, game time kickoff seems to be closer to around 6 o'clock. And I'm just blind shouting that guess because I don't know. I'll be sitting there whenever it happens. Um, I haven't figured out um, what my snack is going to be. I haven't um, come across whether or not it's going to be some type of nacho chili cheese concoction, something real heavy on calories and artery blocking emulsified, whatever, something that will taste good but won't be good for me. But then when have I ever eaten something that was good for me? I am beginning to take in more ginger and uh, how, what is that spice? Uh, Turmeric. And it seems to, um, I can't tell if it's helping. All I know, they delivered me a box of candy. Somebody delivered a box of candy this morning. And uh, it seems to be off the chart here because um, somebody needs to kick my door in and take it away from me because that's the last thing I need. But uh, we're awaiting the beginning of the Super Bowl. And uh, the Patriots or the Seahawks. And I've got to tell you, I am a Patriot fan, per se. Um, I like Seattle. I like the Patriots. But Seattle just looks so looks so bad the last game. And I don't know if they're going to beat up on the Brady Bunch, but I have to go with um, And I don't really have to go with them. I think that I'm going to be left with them. But that's the bottom line. I do believe that uh, New England is going to win. And I'm going to say New England is not just going to win. New England's going to win in a laugher. I know. I know. I know. He's crazy. He... I, I understand. I understand. But that's just the way I feel about it. And to me, that seems to be um, just for people who don't get it. They look up on it. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, it's inconceivable. How do you go against the, what do they call the, the what of boom? They have a great defense, and it should be a good game with the um, the Patriot offense. Uh, that should be a good game. All right, in politics, let's let's roll it around. Um, hopefully, more of the Johnny Come Latelys have joined us, so I can get into the meat part of the program. Um, we have the confirmation hearings of Loretta um, Lance for the next Attorney General. You know, this is a, a two-pronged problem here for Republicans. You either vote her and confirm her nomination 
or you get Eric Holder. And I got to say it like this. This is another opportunity that Democrats simply don't. You are in a war. You're in a war. And instead of behaving like you're in a war, and when I say behaving like in a war, you see, if it were up to me, I would be filing charges against John Boehner or Boner, the weeper of the house, the orange man, for violating the Logan Act because he's invited Bibi Netanyahu to speak before the Congress, undermining foreign affairs and actually interfering in their election. The whole now, I would indict, just, just like Boehner is suing the president yet again. Now, the first suit, I don't know what the hell happened to it. The media don't know what happened. No one is holding him accountable for wasting taxpayer money. But now he's going to sue the president again for his immigration um, executive order. And it's settled case law. He has every right to deal with it, to do it, because they had an opportunity to pass it, and they didn't. But um, like I said, Loretta Lynn, Loretta Lynch, Loretta Lynch. Loretta Lynch's confirmation hearing began, and I applauded the senators who simply said, we are here for Loretta Lynch's confirmation hearing. And this was day two. He asked this panel, and this panel was a, it consisted of nine people. Four of them were Republican uh, Minions, puppets. They went on and they began to rant and rave about everything, but nothing had to do with Loretta Lynch. Nothing. But before they even began, he asked, is there anyone opposed to the nomination of Loretta Lynch? And nine people sat there and no one raised their hand. No one made it clear that they were against her nomination, but they went on to uh, critique um, degrade demagogue, demonize Eric Holder and the President Barack Obama. Although no one was against the nominee. And that's why they were there for the nominee. But um, hey, it simply blew up in their faces because when all was said and done, they didn't lay a glove on her. She was she was flawless. I didn't uh, agree with everything she said. I had a problem with her. She didn't um, like the legalization of marijuana. And I'm going to say this, and I'll say it, and I'll continue to say it over and over until it happens. The legalization of marijuana will be a huge step into a great deal, a great deal of medical breakthroughs. If you're feeling nauseous, if you're undergoing chemo, 
if you are having uh, seizures and there is a particular kind of seizure, especially affecting children, that um, marijuana helps and it's the only help that these children have. Until um, the American people come to understand that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol uh, and legalizes it nationwide, we will still be in the dark ages. We're already in the dark ages when it comes to infrastructure. Speed rail is taken off without us. It's a pathetic scenario because there is a party in this country who simply rails against Democratic presidents. They railed against Bill Clinton, although Bill Clinton did a lot of things to hurt the middle class in America because they controlled the the reins, the purse strings, they controlled the, the Congress. So he was literally forced to go along with them. So I'm going to um, I'm going to play the her opening statements, Loretta Lynch's opening statement before this kangaroo court. I mean the Senate committee and. Um, you simply be the judge because, to me, she hit it out of the ballpark. I mean, you you can come in and you can talk about what's wrong with our justice system, and nobody's going to argue that with you. But we really need a breath of fresh air since Eric Holder believes the banks are too big to prosecute, since Eric Holder allowed the torturers and the violators of the law to go scot-free, since this president wanted to move forward, allowing these crimes to go unpunished. But they'll shoot a black man or a black kid or a black woman. They'll shoot them down in the streets because they fear them. But here's Loretta Lynch's opening statements. Chairman Grassley, Senator Leahy, distinguished members of this committee, I'm honored to appear before you in this historic chamber among so many dedicated public servants. I want to thank you for your time this morning, and I also want to thank President Obama for the trust he has placed in me by nominating me to serve as Attorney General of the United States. It's a particular privilege to be joined here today by the members of my family that I've introduced, as well as the other numerous family and friends who have come to support me and who, for whose uh, travel and service I'm so appreciative. Mr. Chairman, one of the privileges, and in fact one of my favorite things, in my position as United States Attorney for the Eastern District of New York is welcoming new attorneys into my office and administering to them the oath of office. It is a transformative moment in the life of a young prosecutor, and one that I actually remember well. And as they stand before me, prepared to pledge their honor and their integrity, I remind them that they are making their oath not to me, not to the office, not even to the Attorney General, but to our Constitution, 
the fundamental foundation for all that we do. It is to that document and the ideals embodied therein that I have devoted my professional life. And Senators, if confirmed as Attorney General, I pledge to you today and to the American people that the Constitution, the bedrock of our system of justice, will be my lodestar as I exercise the power and the responsibility of that position. I owe so much to those who have worked to make the promise of that document real for all Americans, beginning with my own family. All of them and so many others have supported me on the path that has brought me to this moment, not only through their unwavering and love and support, which is so beautifully on display today, but through their examples and the values that have shaped my upbringing. My mother, Lorene, who was unable to travel here today, is a retired English teacher and librarian for whom education was the key to a better life. She still recalls people in her rural North Carolina community pressing a dime or a quarter into her hands to help support her college education. As a young woman, she refused to use segregated restrooms because they did not represent the America in which she believed. She instilled in me an abiding love of literature and learning and taught me the value of hard work and sacrifice. My father, Lorenzo, who is here with me today, is a fourth-generation Baptist preacher who in the early 1960s opened his Greensboro church to those planning sit-ins and marches, standing with them while carrying me on his shoulders. He has always matched his principles with his actions, encouraging me to think for myself, but reminding me that we all gain the most when we act in service to others. It was the values my parents instilled in me that led me to the Eastern District of New York. And from my parents, I gained the tenacity and the resolve to take on violent criminals, to confront political corruption, and to disrupt organized crime. They also gave me the insight and the compassion to sit with the victims of crime and share their loss. Their values have sustained me, as I have twice had the privilege, indeed the honor, of serving as United States Attorney, leading an exceptional office staffed by outstanding public servants, and their values guide and motivate me even today. Senators, should I be confirmed as Attorney General, my highest priorities will continue to be to ensure the safety of all of our citizens, to protect the most vulnerable among us from crime and abuse, and to strengthen the vital relationships between America's brave law enforcement officers and the communities they are entrusted to serve. In a world of complex and evolving threats, protecting the American people from terrorism must remain the primary mission of today's Department of Justice. If confirmed, I will work with colleagues across the executive branch to use every available tool to continue disrupting the catastrophic attacks planned against our homeland and to bring terrorists to justice. I will draw upon my extensive experience in the Eastern District of New York, which has tried more terrorism cases since 9-11 than any other office. We have investigated and prosecuted terrorist individuals and groups that threaten our nation and its people, including those who have plotted to attack New York City's subway system, John F. Kennedy Airport, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, and U.S. troops stationed abroad, as well as those who have provided material support to foreign terrorist organizations. And I pledge to discharge my duties, always mindful of the need to protect not just American citizens, but American values. 
If confirmed, I intend to expand and enhance our capabilities in order to effectively prevent ever-revolving attacks in cyberspace, to expose those wrongdoers and bring those perpetrators to justice as well. In my current position, I'm proud to lead an office that has significant experience prosecuting complex international cybercrime, including high-tech intrusions at key financial and public sector institutions. If I am confirmed, I will continue to use the combined skills and experience of our law enforcement partners, the department's criminal and national security divisions, and the United States attorney community to defeat and hold accountable those who would imperil the safety and security of our citizens through cybercrime. I will also do everything I can to ensure that we are safeguarding the most vulnerable among us. During my tenure as U.S. Attorney, the Eastern District of New York has led the prosecution against financial fraudsters who have callously targeted hardworking Americans, including the deaf, the elderly, and stolen not just their trust, but their hard-earned savings. We have taken action against abusers in over 100 child exploitation and child pornography cases, and we have prosecuted brutal international human trafficking rings that have sold, sold victims as young as 14 and 15 into sexual slavery. If confirmed as Attorney General, I will continue to build upon the Department's record of vigorously prosecuting those who prey on those most in need of our protection, and I will continue to provide strong and effective assistance to survivors who we must both support and empower. Senators, throughout my career as a prosecutor, it has been my signal honor to work hand-in-hand hand with dedicated law enforcement officers and agents who risk their lives every day in the protection of the communities we all serve. I have served with them. I have learned from them. I am a better prosecutor because of them. Few things have pained me more than the recent reports of tension and division between law enforcement and the communities we serve. If confirmed as Attorney General, one of my key priorities would be to work to strengthen the vital relationships between our courageous law enforcement personnel and all of the communities we serve. In my career, I have seen this relationship flourish. I have seen law enforcement forge unbreakable bonds with community residents, and I have seen violence-ravaged communities come together to honor officers who have risked all to protect them. And as Attorney General, I will draw all voices into this important discussion. In that same spirit, I look forward to fostering a new and improved relationship with this committee, the United States Senate, and the entire United States Congress, a relationship based on mutual respect and constitutional balance. Ultimately, I know we all share the same goal and commitment to protect and to serve the American people. Now, I recognize that we face many challenges in the years ahead. But I have seen in my own life and in my own family how dedicated men and women can answer the call to achieve great things for themselves, for their country, and for generations to come. My father, that young minister who carried me on his shoulders, has answered that call. As has my mother, that courageous young teacher who refused to let Jim Crow define her. Standing with them are my uncles and cousins who served in Vietnam one of whom is here to support me today. 
and my older brother, a Navy SEAL, all of whom answered that call with their service to our country. Senators, as I come before you today in this historic chamber, I still stand on my father's shoulders, as well as on the shoulders of all of those who have gone before me and who dreamed of making the promise of America a reality for all and worked to achieve that goal. I believe in the promise of America because I have lived the promise of America. And if confirmed to be Attorney General of the United States, I pledge to all of you and the American people that I will fulfill my responsibilities with integrity and independence. I will never forget that I serve the American people from all walks of life who continue to make our nation great, as well as the legacy of all of those whose sacrifices have made us free. And I will always strive to uphold the trust that has been placed in me to protect and defend our Constitution, to safeguard our people, and to stand as the leader and public servant that they deserve. Thank you all once again for your time and your consideration. I Only because she deserved it after the opening statements. Before the committee headed by dagger-throwing Republicans, I would simply hope that as I sat and watched it, that there would be a kind of, let's get her nominated. Since we hate Eric Holder so bad, like I said, don't nominate her. And Eric Holder should just go back crazy. He should incense them to the point where they will be calling for more hearings. Eric Holder should be getting his last dig in. He shouldn't just be um, casting aspersions on their asparagus. He should be taking deep digs out of their hide for his treatment for the last six years. 914-338-1610. If you want to get into comment on the Loretta Lynch opening statement or the committee of pathetic reasoning, and I call it pathetic reasoning because this is about nominating the nomination of Loretta Lynch. But too many Republicans chose to critique Eric Holder, the Obama administration. These are the demagogues of America. And that's what we have to look forward to for the next two years. The fallout from the State of the Union address is still working its way up. And this constant narrative that the media is helping to push about the lawless president seems to only resonate on one side of the aisle because they all repeat it over and over and over again. And it it's pathetic. It, it literally, it's literally pathetic. 
So if you'd like to chime in on the opening statement, and that's what the topic is, now let's try to stay on topic 914-338-1610. Let me go to the phone. 954, welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling Truth Works Network. Aloha, Brother Sensei. Ah, Brother Randy, how is it there in Hawaii, my brother? Boring, depressing, and an awakening. Well, go to the beach, Randy. Damn. (laughs) Go to the beach. You know, I'm going to send you some of the folks uh, some real-time footage of what is actually here. And the tourist thing is kind of slowed down because of the the uh, weather situation back in the mainland and the East Coast. And the homelessness here is very appalling, very depressing to see this kind of stuff here, very. Well, you know, and well, Rhonda, what used to say, say, man, if you had to be homeless, Go somewhere where it's warm. L.A., no, Hawaii, no. L.A. is a lot better there. I've seen them deal with homeless people in Venice Beach a lot better than they do here in Waikiki. But that, that's not what I really want to talk to you about, man. Uh, hope you well, and your family. What, and, what did you think about the opening statements of the All right, here's the deal nominee. with this. I'm tired of hearing the, the talk. Okay, I mean, I would vote for this sister anyway, just for voting. But at the same time, she's talking the same stuff they all been talking, you know, about how they're going to do this, that, and the other, and attack the uh, terrorists. Who in the hell could be any more terroristic than the police departments of the United States along with the United States military in this country? So when they start talking that stuff, I was like... You know, that time. But, you know, the sister's coming off like she, as they all do, with good intentions. And then we got to start critiquing and asking, well, how exactly do you plan to do what you say you are going to do? You know? And this is how we've been getting suckers and side punch into a lot of this stuff, voting and believing in this crap, man, because we will not take another stance. Nonviolent, peaceful protest is a joke, you know, unless we put this country and this government and this police department to a standstill. And this brings to mind what they're going to bring out right now in another Black Panther movie that's coming out. And I want to see this because um, the brother that did the last one and Spike Lee that did Malcolm, um, they failed to mention two Japanese people, Americans, that were part of the Black Panther. Well, one of them in particular was part of the Black Panther Party. And when Malcolm X got assassinated at the Audubon, was a Japanese-American woman, uh, Richard and Mayoki was one of the original founders of the Black Panther Party in Oakland, California, whom him and his family were um, in the internment camps during World War II. And he was down. He he started that with Huey and, and, and Bobby Seale and them brothers, right? 
Yuri Kuchiyama held Malcolm X's head when he got shot at the Autobahn. But when Spike did his movie, and when I, I saw the Panthers in Aventura, Florida, and it was on a weekday, and, and, and I swear there was only five of us in the damn movie, and I bet the four of them were lawyers and myself seeing the movie because I definitely wanted to see how they weren't going to portray the historical reality of the Panthers. We don't, what we tend to forget in this country, the white folks who have stood with us and died and, and got killed and standing up in the struggle. Obviously, poor white people in this country are victimized. And I understand when black folks start being inclusive with this about the poor, king, all of them, nonviolent, peaceful demonstration, man, we got to up our game, man. We got to stand up and, and change our strategy. Okay, Orlando, Orlando, if, if, if voting is inconsequential, if voting is just, you know, uh, a passing fancy, if we're not going to vote, and that's what happened in the last election, and you saw what that got us, we've got a Republican-controlled Congress, who means the middle class no good. I understand your observation of certain people weren't mentioned in the Black Panther movies. I understand that. But now when you get back see, into voting, what you're saying. Go ahead. Go ahead. When you see um, a new nominee coming in like Loretta Lynch, and don't get me wrong, and Loretta, there are a lot of faults. There are a lot of things that people fault her as not being um, – the, I would say the, the uh, Joan of Arc of lawyers when it comes to advocating on behalf of the people and that she is more connected to Wall Street and the whole thing. Well, but brother, there's real Joan of Arc. Let's get that straight. Which Joan of Arc are you talking about, man? Well, there was I'm Joan talking about the uh, I'm military and the Joan other one. Arc. No, no, no. no. All right. right. I'm using Joan of Arc as a metaphor. For yeah, but there were two of them, you noticed. An advocate for the right. people. That's all, all I'm, right. I'm just using Joan of Arc as an advocate for the people and the and the law. And that's exactly what we're looking at. I am simply saying that her her uh, nomination seems to be a move forward, a move no. A plus move over Eric Holder. That's all I'm saying. And this... Rodney? Yeah, go ahead, man. Okay. That's all, I'm, that's all I'm saying about that. That's all I'm saying about uh, her nomination. And that's That was the topic, and that's what I was talking about. Her nomination is simply, I believe, a better a better person, a better chance to get the things that we advocate for, you know, as a people, as a race, as the middle class, however you want to frame it. But at some point we have to uh, see the fact that there's not going to be a lot of big changes when it comes to prosecuting the villains of our society, the 
bad guys. And yeah, you can you can chop it up, you can cut it any way you want to. I mean, even without voting rights, this is a matter. These are legal matters, and it takes some. And I I I look upon I'm optimistic about her doing better than Eric Coder did with our voting rights. But when it comes down right, right down to it, you know, we, we, we're going to have to wait and see. You know, you, you, you speak about talk. We're talking about her opening statements and the nominating process. And you have to understand that if she comes in badass, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, they will then twist and not confirm her. So there has to be a sell job. Just like Alito and Roberts sold the lie to get into the Supreme Court. It matters. Because that's where that's where we are now. That's why we have yeah, what we see, have now. Here's here's the reality of this. You and I have been around the block a few times. If I was 20 years old and listened to this woman, of course I'd be into it. And I would just vote for her anyway, just in spite. Because, I, you know, she's talking the talk like all of them do. And we're at that point now. You know, when we did have folks who could and stood up and took the risk and took the challenges and even lost their lives, you know, to make some kind of change for the better, you know, but they all come in right now. I would still give her, there's no such thing as a benefit or a doubt. I don't even know how the hell they came up with that. Possibly be a benefit and a doubt, man. I would give her the benefit until proven wrong, you know. I would, I would, I would go that way anyway. But now, do I believe in her? Do I have faith in it? No. Because right now you're telling me and you're telling me about going against terrorists, then you don't define who the hell they are. We're assuming that there's somebody else overseas, Muslim, Islamic people. You know, you're talking that code bullshit. You know, these Hawaiians over here, when they talk about the white man, they say missionaries. They don't say white man. The, the real Hawaiian brothers over here. When they, you know, they don't say Hollies. They say missionaries. And that's their code for saying the white boy, the, the, the decadent evil ones who come over to destroy and pillage, take over their, their country and, and their land and the whole bit, just like they've done everywhere else, you know. So this country's got a short memory, selective amnesia about who has come and arrived and disseminated and destroyed and dislinked nations, right? To listen to this woman say this, I'm not going to lose no sleep and have no high hopes over it. It's just like going for a goddamn job interview, bro. Okay. All right. And these cats, uh, listen to this, man, before you, you cut me off on this one. Um, when we hear these politicians and you go for a job interview, right, they might as well come out and say this. They'll say, uh, uh, well, Mr. Rondé, uh what if uh, you came across a situation where somebody had uh, said something out of character, you know, uh, you know, also, like, give me an example. Well, uh, you know, uh, that's something that disrespected you. You mean, like, you didn't want it? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, more or less in them lines. You know how these motherfuckers talk, right? Oh, well, uh, well, let's see now. What is the salary of this position, number one, right? Uh, well, well, what does that have to do with it? Well, salary dictates how much bullshit I'm going to put up. That's what it's got to do with it. This is what you should be in an interview. This is what these politicians should be saying. All right, so you're telling me you're paying me forty grand a year, and this cat's going to come out and use the N-word on me. Well, uh, I'm afraid that uh, dictates a direct ass-kicking on or off the premises. Now, for uh, $80,000, you're going to use the N-word on me? Excuse me, I beg your pardon? Are you referring to me? For six figures, you're going to use that N-word? I'll put a contract out on you. Around it. So now around we're dealing with politicians. I, I, yeah, I know. I'm going off on it. I understand those stories. You know. yeah. I understand those stories, Arande, but I got folks waiting, holding on the line. And uh, we're going to move on. Thanks for your call, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> Mahalo. All right. Take care. Brother Arande. I understand, Brother Arande, and uh, I do give him uh, leeway express himself, and we must um, indulge him at times. Okay. Loretta Lynch and her opening statements were absolutely breathtaking because they were spot on, because there was nothing... uh, that left the door open to any type of challenge. So what was the problem? And when I ask you what was the problem, because here is the Joe McCarthy of our era. And I can understand if he were asking her something irrelevant. I mean, something relevant. But he goes on. He makes statements that are questionable and in truth. Here he is. The question I would ask you, if you are confirmed as Attorney General, would you commit to this committee to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate the IRS abuse of power, who at a very minimum is not a major Obama donor and who can be counted on to actually investigate the facts and follow them wherever they may lead. Forgive my rudeness. I cannot abide useless people. Ms. Lynch, there are many of us who are alumni of the Department of Justice who have most respected the department when it demonstrated independence from the president, when the department was willing to stand up to the president, when the attorney general behaved not as if he or she were the personal lawyer for the president who appointed them, but rather when the attorneys general in both parties have behaved as independent, impartial law enforcement officers who owe a fidelity to the Constitution and the laws. Prior to becoming attorney general, Eric Holder had a reputation as a U.S. attorney of upholding the law. And I was hopeful when he was appointed that he would carry that reputation forward as Attorney General. It has saddened me greatly that he has not done so. And I will say, 
It is disappointing in this hearing that, try as I might, there has been nothing I have been able to ask you that has yielded any answer suggesting any limitations whatsoever on the authority of the president. That does not augur well for this committee's assessment of your willingness to stand up to the president when the Constitution and the laws so require. Side deals, secret promises, he's always got an agenda. You're tuned in to TruthWorks Network. The Alpha The truth is out there. Who can't win their fights through elections, can't win their fights in Congress, can't win their fights for the presidency, and can't win their fights in the courts. For this right-wing minority, hostage-taking is all they have left. A last gasp of those who cannot cope with the realities of our democracy. People are fucked. You're living in a dream. I don't like that talk. Less bitching and more building. Our common ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Saturdays, 10 p.m. This week at Our Common Ground. Open mic night. Open mic. Saturday night. I'll be listening for you. Every hour of every day, 15 people will suffer a stroke that could be disabling or even deadly. If you have atrial fibrillation, the clock is ticking. Go to 15everyhour.com. Get the facts. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Hi, my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio. Every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., the I Declare show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m., Blog Talk Radio. I declare it. Dealing with the difficult, real raw right now. The I Declare Show, baby. This is TruthWorks Network, the Black Voice Collaborative, where the truth is spoken more than once. Thank you so much for your support and joining us tonight. Welcome back. Um, the Ted Cruz little clipping where he made assertions, false assertions, 
and he wanted some type of some type of um, co-signing of his distortions. If nothing else, he is, how do they call him? He's the Jew McCarthy of our era. And I'm simply sick and tired of him being given a, a pass, a pass by the media, a pass by the Democratic Party, those so-called Democrats who seem to be afraid of these Republicans, and they've been afraid of these Republicans for five decades now. That's why I advocate that it's time for the Democratic Party to be arrested by the progressive liberal movement in this country. You know, People speak about there is no difference between the two. But they're all rich. But there's one side of the rich guys who are advocating for a higher minimum wage, who are advocating for equal pay for women, who advocate for the protection and expansion of Social Security. Now, expanded Social Security is one of the easiest things. All you have to do is raise the cap on the 117000 a year payroll tax. But they don't want to even do that. That's why they're not the same. Millionaires, all of them are. You cannot lump them all in as both sides do it. When you get right down to it, only one side wants to advocate for better health, better I would say facilities for our veterans. You have one side who talks veteran talking. We're with the soldiers, with it all until they come home broke, mentally and physically. And then they want to know how are we going to pay for it. Everything borders on how are we going to pay for it. The spending deficit is down two thirds. But how are we going to pay for it? You know, there seems to be this disconnect with progressive voters and these so-called Democrats. We lost a great deal, quite a few Democrats, but we lost them because they wouldn't run on the success of the president's policies. And they lost. Because after they alienated the base, the Republicans simply moved in for the kill. Because if you've alienated your own base, they will stay home. 36% of the electorate came out to vote, the lowest in 70 years. But yet they want to call it 
a mandate and the will of the voters. What was the same narrative, the spiel, in 2012 when the president won by over 5 million votes? Why weren't they going with the will of the voters then? Why did they continue to obstruct? Where was the meme of elections matter in 2008 when the president won with a landslide and a sea of over 2 million people at the inauguration as they sat on inauguration day and plotted to go against president at all costs, to go against the will of the people at all costs. But no Democrat ever throws this back in their faces. And now the president doesn't want to work with them. Even before they pass something, he's threatening a veto. That's not working, whether we don't want to work with you. And that should be his message. His supreme, his state of the union speech was so empty. And it was only empty because it's not going to happen. They will never, ever vote to raise taxes by a very tiny bit on the wealthy. And they will continue with that meaning. You don't raise taxes on the job creators. And they will continue with trickle down. And they will continue with austerity because there's not a Democrat who will stand up to them except for Elizabeth Warren. And Elizabeth Warren stands up to them because she's right. The populist conversation that she presents is absolutely right. You cannot run a country into the ground with austerity. Look at Greece. The radical left, as they call them. And notice the lack of coverage in Greece. Basically undermined it well. They've taken out the austerity advocates. And I saw a very interesting clip. They were bagging what appeared to be either minnows or little small tiny fish. They were putting small tiny fish in bags and there was a crowd and they all had their hands out. They wanted their bag. And that's how bad it is in Greece. That's what austerity has brought in Greece. And do you think that there would be a campaign ad showing that these are the results of austerity? This is the result of cut, 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 cut. Democrats missed the boat. And they, I do believe they missed the boat on purpose. Do you think that there would be a campaign ad with a visual? of the oil spills in Kalamazoo, Michigan of 2010 of tar sand and the inability to clean them up. They passed 
the Keystone XL bill in the Senate with nine Democrats not following. You see, the nine Democrats, have they voted with their Democratic colleagues, they would have fallen because it could not reach the 60 vote limit. You see, all nine of those Democrats should be targeted by move on the PCCC. And when I say targeted, I mean this. Primary them and let them know, even if you win your primary, you will be taken out by the Republican because we will not support you. We will not support you. You see, there has to be a landswell. There has to be a grassroots movement for progressives to take this party, to retake this party from the, I call them Wall Street Democrats, Blue Dogs, Dinos, those nine Democrats who stood in the face and voted with the Republicans to pass this bill. And I know Obama says he's going to veto it, but you just watch this same bill come up time. They're going to add this bill to the next ominous bill. Whereas if he vetoes it, it will shut down the government. If he wants the debt ceiling raised, they will hostage take. This man has absolutely no other campaign to run for. And after all of the success, the 11 million jobs, the 59 straight months of job growth, private sector, the 65 straight months of economic growth, the GDP kicking up from minus nine to plus four, all of the success the economy has, and now he is trying to bring this success to the middle class. And I'm going to say this is nefarious. This is insidious on the part of this president. You see, that should have been the first thing he did when he had control of the Congress, when he had control of the Senate. He should have went to Harry Reid and told Harry Reid, kill this filibuster. You see, the president can veto when you don't have the majority in the Senate, because that's where we are now. The only firewall that's left is a presidential veto. And if we don't have a presidential veto, what do we have? We have the Keystone Pipeline just going through. But here's a, here's something that that I don't believe a lot of people know and understand and Ed Schultz, after supporting the Keystone Pipeline and getting the, I would call it the the blowback, and that's exactly what it was. It was an absolute blowback from progressives. He changed his tune. He went to Nebraska. He went to the states where this pipeline would run through. And he called it like it was. This is nothing more than a foreign country seizing the land of American citizens. Seizing the land of American citizens. 
they talk about, oh, it's a jobs bill. Well, if you want a damn jobs bill, go with the infrastructure repair. Spend a trillion dollars and add two million new jobs. You don't want a damn jobs bill. You want a oil industry Koch brothers windfall, profit windfall. And that should be the narrative. That should be the talk of Democrats against this XL pipeline. Show the landscape up in uh, Quebec and Alberta where this tar sand pipeline has spilled. And there's a dead region wherever this tar sand hits the ground. And in a way, in a cynical way, if this pipeline is successful, if this foreign country is successful in taking the land by eminent domain, did you know that if there's a breach in this pipeline, that the landowners are responsible for the breach in the pipeline? That's all they have. It's the only control. That's their responsibility. Or did you even know that the pipeline is two years and is that it's an expansion? Nothing can happen for two years with or without this president's consent. If he signs the bill, it's tied up in legal in court. It's a land grab, and it will not happen for another two years. But it does not stop the PR campaign that is necessary to bring the danger home to the American people. The aquifer that will be poisoned feeds our agriculture in this country. And once it has been poisoned, that is irreversible. They're still trying to clean it up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. The latest oil spill in the Yellowstone River it's under ice, and they can't clean it up. It's wintertime. The oil is under the ice. There is no better promo campaign ad to go against this pipeline. There's no nothing better. But it's just not happening. It's just not happening. And that's because of, call it, intentional. Intentional mismanagement by the politicians, the rich boys, Democrats and Republicans alike. They don't want to advocate for the middle class. They want to make it look like they're advocating for the middle class. And let's just hope that nobody calls us out on it. Kind of loud, ain't it? So that's where we are. That's what we have. Two sides are much different because only one side wants to give the American people health care. Do you see where Indiana 
Mike Pence, Republican neocon. They want to work out a deal for Medicaid expansion now in Indiana. You see, this is the capitulation and after the fact, while they will continue to promote against Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, they will continue to silently accept Medicaid expansion through the Affordable Care Act because they know it's a loser, because Democrats did not promote them as the death panel that they so decried, because thousands of people die because they don't have health care. And yet the Democrats allowed them to deny millions health care because of an ideology conflict, because they wanted to protect the rich. They're still talking about government takeover of the medical industry when it's a damnable lie. And no Democrat will call them damnable liars. You can keep it, you can give it a name. You can try to put a suit on it, make it look as good as you want to make it look. But you're a liar. And that should be the first line of defense for people who need health care. You are the death panels that Sarah Palin made made so famous. And speaking of the stupid, incoherent, vacuously, you go to a Iowa summit of Republicans, and this Iowa summit for Republicans is hosted by racist bigot Stephen King. Stephen King, you, you know who Stephen King is. He's the guy that says Mexicans are flooding across the border with what do you, what do you call it? Twelve-inch calves because they're hauling seventy-five five pounds of marijuana. First of all, the man is a lying racist. He has said quite a few things that everyone who attended his gathering should be smeared with his beliefs, because if you attend it, you must believe it. What's the difference between attending that conference and Scalise, the whip of the House of Representatives, attending the David Duke gathering, speaking at uh, a David Duke gathering? What's the difference? And what's the difference in Got people going, Republicans going on a junket for American Family Association. American Family Association has been 
designated as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Southern Poverty Law Center has been identifying hate groups for the last 30 years plus. So when you have the when you have the American Family Association and their spokesman and he just got fired but nevertheless he was their spokesman. Brian Fisher, the bigoted hate speaker of the American Family Association. And the Republicans are going on a junket to Israel. And that's another whole story. That that just blows my mind that Democrats aren't taking advantage of this. And I saw that on um, Rachel Maddow because she made a she, that was a segment of hers that how these are the same people who pillory Mitt Romney for being a Mormon. And they were against Jews. They were against anything other than Christian. But here they're going to Israel. And Republicans are going with them. That is just so, that is just so mad. 914-338-1610. If you want to get in, 914-338-1610. It's 914-338-1610. I'll be waiting for your call. I have people on the board, but no one has their hands up. So does this mean no one wants to talk about it? Or does this mean that they just want to listen on their mobile device? Either way, you're welcome. You're welcome. We have uh, a tendency to want to leave out all of the fools of the clown car. Here's the black guy. No, 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 no. It's not the 999 boy, brain surgeon. And that's uh, fun. I have to tell you, you know, Obamacare is really, I think, the worst thing that has happened in this nation since slavery. I think we've proven who the psycho is. You want to take a little nip? I don't want nobody to get this race. Ain't no harm, baby You wanna take a little thing Network. The Alpha Show. This is Alpha, hosting the best 
of Pushback Talk Radio. I believe in truth. Why don't you tell the truth? You know, you're going to have to shut up or I'm going to have you arrested immediately. Get out of here, you low-life scum. What the fuck? Every passing day, we are taking one step closer to a dictatorship. Poor old John McCain. Well, he looks real sad. You're listening to The Alpha Show at TruthWorks Network, Advanced Urban Political Talk Radio. He wants to 
give a tax break to the middle class by taxing Wall Street. How admirable. But it ain't going to happen. All you see is the foundational groundwork being laid for a 2016 campaign to hell with everything else. And let me say this, in, in all fairness, 59 straight months of private sector job growth, the economy seems to have made that turn. Gas is $2 a gallon or just above $2 a gallon now. It's slowly creeping back up. The Saudis are pissed and flooding the market, making energy exploration more expensive, more costly than it's worth. The Saudis are positioning themselves as the fossil fuel power once again. And while the Saudis are doing that positioning, it should be a no-brainer for the United States to give that big boost. See, we're missing the boat. Renewable energy should be being subsidized at all costs. That's something else we blew, pandering to the let's just get along with them crowds, not realizing that we are in a war and have been in a war with these Republicans as they move and make their austerity moves. Infrastructure repair, we piss that away, trying to be friendly about it, trying to be civil about it. You see, when Republicans reign in these states, they don't give a damn. They do it early because in two years, your anger will have mellowed. You will have accepted the new normal, and therefore you will not have the enthusiasm to fight them. And you'll just say, well, that's the way it is. Nobody else wants to come out and vote. Why should I come out and vote? And that's what we had. Republicans took this nation to a grinding halt of nothing getting done. Used the media to say, both sides do it. Congress can't be trusted on both sides. And frustrated the hell out of the American people. And only 36% of them came out to vote. 64% of the American people stayed home. Because they had been manipulated and frustrated into believing what the hell? Why should I go out and vote? It's not going to matter. See, everybody follows that meme of voting doesn't matter. Voting doesn't matter. But voting does matter. And when I say voting does matter, you may not get what you want, but you always send that message. Our democracy has been trashed, destroyed. The, the message to the peasants has been received loud and clear. Loud and clear. Because what we have 
is this kind of, it's not going to matter. It's not going to change anything. Nothing will change if I go out and vote. So I'm going to stay home. And nothing ever changes. And that's what they're counting on. They're counting on your frustration. They're counting on you being lethargic. Frustrated. And nothing's going to change. And nothing's going to change that because they don't want anything to change that. As long as they can keep you frustrated, confused, and lackadaisical, we will never get out of the BS that we're in. We can... We can howl at the moon as much as we want. This pissing contest is being won by the moneyed interests. If you don't have any money, how did the Richard Pryor's album say? Don't go down there fucking with them Jews without no money. And that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. That's the people who will rule this nation. The dark money will rule the nation. The people will have nothing, absolutely no say over their government. As it is now, they have no say over their government anyway. But it's getting worse. It's getting much worse. And as long as we continue to be, I'll call it, lackadaisical, this is what we're going to get. You're not going to get uh, renewable energy. We're going to be stuck with the fossil fuel. We're going to be stuck with the fracking. The earthquakes will continue to go. The groundwater will be poisoned. The tar sands will be built. The pipeline will run through the aquifer and leak and poison the agriculture that feeds this nation. You know how much water is underground in this aquifer? It stretches over six states. And I guarantee you if that tar sand leaks in the ground, either above ground or underground, it will poison that aquifer for 500 years. Then there'll be a food shortage. There's already a drought on the West Coast. And the tar sands, the dirty tar sands, will simply escalate the climate change. And for those of you who want to, I don't see it, want to question or scratch your head about climate change, ask the people on the West Coast. You know, New York and and Jersey and those places, the people have the nerve, the gall, the gall of these people because 
they didn't get hit with the two and a half to three feet of snow. New York only got eight inches. And they were all over the mayor and the governor for preparing for the big one. When in fact, just a little north of them, they got run over. It was a two-way street. They got run over going both ways. Ask the people in Boston. Ask the people in Maine and Connecticut. Ask the people who got the 30 inches. And as I remember, they were getting seven more inches today. So you have your three feet of snow, but it's just to the north of the liners. And that's what you have to look that's what you have to look forward to. You remember the hurricane? The taking out of Jersey, the the Jersey Shore and the flooding in New York and all of that is climate change. The escalation of more powerful tornadoes in what was it, Joplin, Missouri? in Alabama, across the South, in Georgia, in Mississippi, the death toll, the Oklahoma toll, mile and a half wide tornadoes. Give me a break. And when you see those same people who are victims of these weather changes and these weather situations, or you want to sit back and say, well, then die. Die, damn it. All you want to say to them is, if you don't see it, if if the handwriting on the wall is not clear, then die. Die. They talk about West Virginia. West Virginia has another water pollution situation. And this was from the fracking runoff water that has run into their drinking water, and now they can't drink it. And they're shipping in bottles. This is a buy some stock in bottled water because you're going to make out. Bottled water is about to go off the chain. Because they are polluting and poisoning drinking water that Mother Nature has provided. So don't take my word for it. Just sit there and watch it. Earthquakes, what was it? How many earthquakes in Texas? There hasn't been earthquakes in Texas ever. And now they've suffered more than 100 earthquakes in Texas since they began fracking. States are banning fracking because not only in the areas where they're fracking and poisoning the water, they're making people sick. And it simply gets to be obvious. It gets to be obvious. And as long as um, the rich control the media... This is pure class warfare. That's right, Mr. Kane. This is pure class warfare. And we're losing. As uh, George Soros, Soros, what's his name? Soros, as he says, 
This is class warfare, and his side is winning. But don't don't go out and vote here. Just stay home, damn it. Stay home. A group of people, we call them the ladder crowd. They climb up the ladder, enrich themselves, and pull the ladder up behind them. And to hell with the rest of you Americans. Because we don't want to hear. You have to understand what propaganda is. Propaganda is essential to any military campaign. Black people tend not to understand propaganda. And the reason why we tend not to understand propaganda is because the propaganda channels, the mediums, the conduits, the radio, the television, the newspaper, we tend to just treat as forms of entertainment. We don't see them as military strategy. When there's a movie depicting black people in a negative image, when there's carriage captures in the newspaper making jokes about black people, we tend to just see it as political uh, entertainment. We don't see it as laying the foundation before the storm. That's exactly what they did in Wilmington. You always seek to create a context that allows your military campaign to be acceptable. There's always context. You study Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany. He had a propaganda campaign that lasted over a year before he began to physically oppress the Jews. He had to make sure that the national mindset had been conditioned to accept the extermination to come. In Wilmington, North Carolina, the same exact thing happened years before Nazi Germany. Through the magazines, through the radio, through word of mouth, through stage play, they created negative images of black people in the minds of white folk in case there were any liberals who would have been against what they were going to do. They were slowly able to reform their opinion by constantly repeating negative information about the target population. See, the one thing about the brain that we got to understand is the creature of repetition. Whoever has the most access to the brain rules the brain. It's all about volume, not quality. The more you tell people that a certain group of people are no good, the more you show images, the more you show sounds, song, poem, dance, projecting negative information about a people, sooner or later the subconscious begins to get conditioned automatically because you can't turn off the subconscious to what it sees and what it hears. Sound and image, you cannot stop it except to stay away from it. So sound and image are critical to any propaganda campaign because they help lessen the defenses of anyone who may be against what you're trying to do. It's the same thing happening right now. There is a direct assault on the image of the black man and woman internationally. So when mass incarceration, homicide takes place, nobody cares what's happening to black folk because they've already been conditioned to believe that these people are better off dead Anyway, so propaganda is the first stage of military warfare. Right now, we're being set up for another extermination campaign. It's going to be worse than what went on in Wilmington, Tulsa, Charleston, Rosewood. It's going to be worse. Whenever the propaganda gets worse, then you know the extermination is going to be that much worse because you see how far the exterminator had to go in order to condition the people to prepare them for the carnage to come. Propaganda is at a new strain. And I call it a new strain because 
it is continuing to be used against we as a people. But propaganda is also being used to isolate a ideology and to demonize and vilify a way of life. You see, we never had a problem. We never had a a, a bad thought about helping people until the last decade. And they're using their control of the media to ram this home. And we are being victimized by the repetition and nausea of the lie. 914-338-1610 is the number to get in. Uh, let me see here. I've got a hand up. 404. Thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to TruthWorks Network. My brother, how you doing? Is this brother? Is this Big West? You know it, brother. That's good, man. How you doing, Dwayne? Everything hey, is doing okay here, so far. You 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 hitting on the top of the iceberg, man. You hitting on the top of the iceberg, tip of the iceberg. What's going on in the world, man? All right, and and what you you know what you just described? Go ahead. Mind control, brother. Mind control. I'm gonna see you to a website now. I'm gonna see you to two different websites. I've been trying to get the people knowledge out. You go to a website called uh, StopTheCrime.net. You check that one out, and the main one is uh, The Matrix Deciphered by Dr. Robert Duncan, man. It explained all this, man. It explained all this, man. So, so what they're doing is, man, is they manipulating everybody on, on this whole planet, man. That's what that Star Wars that Reagan them came up with, man. But it started way back in uh, after Hitler, man, Nazi Germany, when they brought all them scientists over here, man, from, from Germany, the Operation Paperclip. To do all kind of experimentation, man, on us, man. All the way from uh, started with all the way from psychotronic drugs. Now they doing this stuff electronically through. It's crazy, man. It's deep, man. I'm glad you 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 right on the money, man. It's deep, brother. This some serious stuff. That's why you see, just about every day, people running around doing atrocious things, and the first thing they say is uh, one by one, all of them saying the same story. Uh, it's deep, man. And they they try to make them sound like they're crazy when they say and they hear in voices. They turn them in everybody the material candidates, brother. Why you see that fool jumped over the uh, White House fence, man, like every two weeks. Now they're flying drones, but they're turning people into material candidates, man. It's real talk, brother. It's some real talk stuff that's going on, man. Well, big well. And you see, sir. I, I agree with you on that, but look at the look at the rhetoric you hear coming from the supporters of these police departments as they're killing black unarmed people. That's a part of it too. 
Yes, sir, my brother. The police is under this stuff, too, man, where they're making people do all kind of crazy stuff, man. They're trying to start a race war. They want anything to do to split people up, man. They're sitting in this country in the martial law, man. But they, but they, they already got people in their mind, everybody in their mind. People, you, you just ask people to see what they're doing, man. Everybody's feeling on edge. This by design, brother. You ever looked up and saw some chemtrails they spraying on people? This is real talk, man. This is big, the real big brother, man. They they call it the Global uh, Orbital Destruction System. You know, that's a synonym, synonym for God, man. These folks trying to play God. I'm, re- I'm telling you, you go to their website, their brother I just told you about, the Matrix Decipher, Deciphered, you will see all this stuff going on, man. They got stuff called the Thought Amplified Mind Interceptor, man. Interface, interface, my bad. Thought, amplified, mind, interface. There's some diabolical stuff going on, man. There's some, well, some deep stuff going on, man. I would, uh, are you in my chat room? No, man, I'm not in the chat room, man. I just, just, it, I'm, I'm going to try to get back on the chat room, but uh, I, I, right now I'm just on the phone, man. My phone is a computer now, man, but this, this stuff's some deep stuff, bro. Just go to stopthecrime.net and the Matrix. Everybody knows the Matrix deciphered. And if you, you read okay. that decipher, you the, the guy that created the program that worked for the CIA DOD, and he was part of designing. It was all a, a, a weapon to try to uh, catch terrorists. Like I know you know the movie, Minority Report and all that. This stuff yeah. is deep, man. Okay, this is deep. This is a 21st century, uh, uh, some Hitler stuff, man, that's going on. That, that population control, man. And then, see, they they doing that mostly on, they got ethnic subsidiary uh, programs they're running on people, man. You know, we were a big as well, the Tuskegee experiment. So now, they done, 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 done uh, amp the game up, man. With this telepathy stuff, make it all mostly black people do crazy stuff. Everybody do crazy stuff, man. That's why people fighting in their house, man. And you gonna see tomorrow when the Super Bowl, how many people gonna get in arguments? They're gonna be shooting and, and, and over, getting drunk. <laughs> well, that's but that's gonna that's be part of it too, man. Well, that's that's part of it too, man. You got folks fighting sure. over pork chops. You got folks yeah, fighting man. over pork chops and pieces of chicken. And come on, killing. Brothers killing That's crazy, man. It was a couple of years ago, man, where I was reading where two brothers was fighting over a piece of chicken and one of them killed each other, man. Yeah. That's real talk, brother. And, and then in Miami, somebody, two homeless guys was fighting over a slice of pizza. This real talk, man. It's like they're turning people into low-frequency beasts, man, by design, man. I'm serious, brother. And I'm glad you 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 touched on it, man. With, with that when you was playing uh, that clip you just played, man, it's deep. This is serious stuff, man. I, that's what I do. I, I, since the information come to me, I try to warn my people, man. So I don't want to see uh, my people end up just going out. Don't even know they're being manipulated. They're turning everybody into uh, ventriloquist dummies, man. That's what they're doing. And this all well, CIA DOD, sir. Well, Big West, I'm, real talk, man. I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because I remember, I remember you saying the same thing a couple of, a couple of um, years ago. You've been talking about this That's for right, some bro. time. 
That's right, Brother man. Big I want to thank you for your call this evening, man. And you but stay please on the go board. to that website, man. Go to that website. Okay, I, I will. I'll save my people, I, man. What I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the website, man. And, the Matrix Deciphered. Uh, the Matrix Deciphered. And try to uh, yeah, post it in the chat room. Right. That way, people yeah, in the chat room. Yeah, by Dr. Robert Duncan, man. Thing. Yeah, and you, if you can, you work on getting back into the chat room. Yes, sir. But are uh, you going to call you every week, man? You yeah, want me to put you on mute? I like to get uh yeah, 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 yeah. I like to get the numbers of Miss Janice's program tomorrow. She's gonna be on tomorrow every every Saturday. Yeah, right? she'll be on tomorrow night, ten o'clock Eastern time. Our common ground. God bless you. I'm, I'm gonna call you every week to be continued. That's your homework assignment. Everybody listening. We we in the Bible, man. We, we this is Bible prophecy, man. We this is real talk, bro. All right, these folks think they God. These, these folks think they God, man. They playing God, tricking folks. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Thanks a lot, Big West. Yes, sir. Y'all be strong, brother. Big West. He's a he is a uh, a frequent caller. I'll put it like that. He's a he's one of our regulars. Nine one four three three eight one six one zero. Uh oh. Six one seven six one seven. Thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to Truth Works Network. I would try to discuss, to 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 um use another voice, but um. Hi, Janice. I already know you. I already know your number. You, you ain't fooling nobody. You ain't fooling nobody. Okay, I'll up on I, I just want I just want to shout out to Aronde and and Big West because you know Big West you are right Alpha he's been talking about it for at least three years he started talking about it in terms of the new electrical meters that were being installed all over this country and making people sick and crazy but you know we got. A war for oil, a war for gold, a war for money, and a war for souls, a war on terror, a war on drugs, a war on kindness, a war on hugs, even a war on birds and bees. Um, But I just just wanted to call in and tell you uh, I'm really enjoying the show tonight and that I spent the day listening to the – you started talking about the Super Bowl – and your love of the Patriots, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no, this um, is a, these are business, business and, and you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, a family had the smoker inside the house smoking ribs for the Super Bowl and had to vacate the house because there was so much carbon monoxide in Boston. And the Two children were kept at Children's Hospital overnight. That's how crazy people are. Yeah, yeah. Somebody needs to, and if you excuse my wording, they need to ask it because them them electric smokers tell you outside you saw me. And I I have an electric smoker that I've had for three or four years. It might be even longer. And I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I haven't been on a on a, a charcoal grill 
And that's how long it's been since I've been on the charcoal grill. I've got this electric smoker that I smoke everything. Barbecue, you know, it has a, there's a plus side to barbecue. And that charcoal taste, and when I want that, I I use the charcoal. So, you know, um, in in the context of your love for the Patriots, I just wanted to be your reporter tonight to tell you that I have been listening to the, watching the Aaron Hernandez trial. You know Aaron Hernandez last spring became a friend of mine, right? Remember that? Uh, little yeah, you, you, yeah, you told me that. You told me that. Yeah, yep. uh, I talked you about had it. No idea. I talked about it. I, t- I had no, when I ran into him, I had no idea who the hell he was. All I knew, uh, I started this conversation in a restaurant with him and then ended up having lunch. And our conversation kicked up because I said to him, I look at you and my 12-year-old grandson is going to look just like you when he's a man, so I'm going to look at you real hard in case I'm not around. So anyway... It looks like Aaron Hernandez may get off on the, on on this particular case. The case from what I killed. see, the prosecutor. Yeah, from what I see, Janice, the prosecutor's got a real weak case here. This boy's yep. been in jail for some time. He's been yep. in jail for some time, and this defense attorney seems to be sitting in a rocking chair, just waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. So. Uh, it lo- it looks like even from the beginning, and today was the first day, that all this evidence that they have been talking about. You see, uh, Aaron Hernandez has was not a darling of the New England fans, like Tom Brady, the all-American white boy. And... Hernandez comes out of, even though he went to University of Florida, he comes out of a gang youth environment, right? Yeah. So um, these people are hoping that they can hang him at the state house on the Gold Dome, and I just don't think it's going to happen. That 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 that's one of the things that I wanted to mention to you tonight. The other thing is. I love the way in which you couched um, my colleague um, uh, Loretta Lynch's um, presentation during the two days of hearing. You used one word, and India declared your chat room used another word, and those two words were impeccable and flawless. And despite what we might agree about what she said, you can't disagree that we are looking at a nomination of an a U.S. Attorney General who is more competent than any other Attorney General ever nominated. Now, that's not to talk about her performance if she's, if she's confirmed. And I do believe she will be confirmed, despite Ted Cruz and and you know the 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 regulars, Lindsey and what's that other guy? I can't think of his sessions and all those people. But 
those two words really describe her decorum, the content of her presentation, and the power of her presentation. She didn't let them push her around. She pushed back. She didn't let them corner her. She she did it in a way that she was deferent to her own analysis, and that helped her to keep these things going. Now, on the first day of the of the hearing, I think that that what they were trying to do is drag it out so they could wear her out, and then attack her in the evening. And it wasn't going to happen. This is a woman who, yeah, it just wasn't going to happen. They thought that they were going to have a lynching of Lynch, and she wasn't having it. And she wasn't having it because she's smarter than they are. Now, I saw she brought a gang with her. Well, (laughs) (laughs) the crimson crimson and cream was, was in the house. I mean, they were sitting, you know, they were I'm so very there proud. I'm so very proud that uh, I was one of the sorors who brought her into Delta. Um, and and I can't tell you all uh, what that means, but um, I had her hand when she crossed the burning sands. Um, so. Um, you know, I, I I think that for those people who say, well, she's not this and she's not that and she's not the super black, uh, super black hero that we need and that we want, she's not going to be that. She's going to be who she is, and that is when she gets a case, she works the shit out of it until there is no hole, no ventilation in her evidence, and in her courtroom strategy. So um, she was she was she was perfect almost in every way. Now you mentioned that you disagree with her about the legalization of marijuana. I also disagree with her, and I also. Um, I'm torn about the legalization of marijuana, and I think whatever legislation that ultimately will legalize marijuana across the country, if that ever happens, that we have to be very careful because it's a mind-altering drug. And I I, I just think that um, there are so many different kinds of marijuana and and you also have to think about the public health implications. For instance, I am one that has very little tolerance for the toxins of marijuana. Uh, once it if it ever gets into my nostrils or into my sinuses or my chest, I got a health problem. So I mean I mean I might feel good about the health problem, but I have a health problem. And the, and and the bottom line too is for people like me, the shit stinks. It's, it smells like road rage. Uh, it, it it smells. It really it smells like dog shit. That's all I got to say, Alpha. Well, it's um. I have. I mean, 
I understand, you know, your uh, reluctance. But uh, let me say this. Mind-altering drug. Is alcohol a mind-altering drug? That's right. But I'll tell you this, and I'll tell you this full disclosure. You were talking to someone who drove a commercial vehicle (laughs) for for 27 years. Oh, no. For 27 years, you're speaking to someone who drove a commercial vehicle, and it's a mind-altering drug. I got to every spot. I, I've never had an accident. Okay? That's because you're a stand-up kind of man. But I'm going to let you know because oh, oh. I know you, you, can keep, you, can, you can keep it on, but I'm still, I, you know, and up until about three or four weeks ago, I hadn't given it very much thought, but I think we got to have a regulation uh, on a lot of different fronts on it. I'm going to let you go because I know you got um, a little time, yeah, and I hope to. I'm about to we're, close I'll talk out. more about it tomorrow night on Open Mic Saturday night. It's the last Saturday in the month, so that's what we do. Well, I'll call in if you let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> No room for a slacker. I hear no you, Dennis. that we just build. Thank you very much, Dennis. Dennis Graham, CEO of Our Common Ground and CEO of TruthWorks Network. Um, tomorrow evening on Our Common Ground, it's open mic night, 10 o'clock Eastern time, at Our Common Ground here at Blog Talk Radio. We can... Discuss, debate the marijuana issue. But when you get right down to it, it's got to be one or the other. We have to call it in that vein. We cannot, we cannot give up on what we need to do. Do what you got to do. Because if you don't, you'll suffer the consequences. Thanks to everyone for calling. Aronde, Big West, Janice Graham. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the end. For only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love and kiss here today. Oh, pick it black and pick it. Black. 
Can't 